0: Welcome to Beyond the Clubhouse for this week. We've got all the major tours starting up again. PGA Tour has been up already with the Corn Fairy Tour. But we've got the Ladies Tour getting started. The Drive-On Championship, a 54-hole event at Inverness Club in Ohio. They're getting going there. That's where the Soul Haunted cups going to be next year. So a big one for some of these players. And then, of course, the Ally Challenge, the Champions Tour. Well, it used to be James Champions Tour. PGA Tour Champions get going there, too. I look at these fields, and there's a lot to think about there. Fred Couples is not playing in the Ally Challenge, so keep an eye on that. I think that's an interesting storyline. Gary Nicholas is in the field. Of course, Jack's son. Um, of course, remember, we saw him there at Pebble Beach 2018 playing in the USA Amateur, and it was cool to see Jack out there, too. But, yeah, it would be, be cool to see how Gary does this week on the Champions Tour. A lot of the usual, sus- a lot of the usual suspects are uh, Bernard Langer. Uh, a lot of the guys you'd expect like that, Tom Lehman, Marco O'Meara, a lot of the major winners out there this week. And then on the LPGA, of course, Nellie Korda kind of headlines that field with Lexi Thompson. No Brooke Henderson, no Nasa Hadioka at number five in the world rankings there, the um, Rolex rankings. No number three, Sung Hun Park, and no number one, biggest glaring, right, Jin Young-Ko, not there as well. And I think for a lot of those players, they're probably waiting for these two events in the U.S. to finish. And then, of course, Scotland will be the next one, right? The Aberdeen Scottish Open. So that would probably be where a lot of them start before the AIG Women's Open. I guess their version of the Open Championship. Um, so you'd expect those top players to join. Maybe they're waiting for the tour to get over to scotland in the uk but uh yeah i was just a little surprised to not see those names at first but of course when we look at the pga tour now big big congratulations to michael thompson getting the win at the 3m and that was first one in seven years really big congrats to him and that's a lot of resolve third for the 35 year old really really happy for him the way he finished and yeah it'll be interesting to see as we get into this week on that tour What's going to happen at WGC FedEx? Of course, used to be Bridgestone. used to be, uh, of course, an event that Tiger owned, right? Winning all those Bridgestones back in the in the day. But Tiger's not going to be there this year. He's not going to be at Memphis. wasn't there last year coming off of the Open Championship. Remember, he skipped out on that. Ricky Fowler, I believe, skipped out on it as well. Um, but I think it's a good call for Tiger. I think it's good that Tiger gets his reps somewhere else that's not in a humid place, right? He doesn't. I think Joe LaCava told me one time that Tiger goes through five gloves in a day, typically in in a round, like right warming up and then the round itself. So I I would imagine in a humid place like Memphis, he go through a little more than five. But I, I just think we want to see as fresh a Tiger as possible for a major championship next week at the PGA. So I think it's a good call for him to not be there. And looking at the field, of course, Brooks Koepka will be one of the interesting players to look at. Fourth of five straight weeks on tour. It's not been good golf for him recently. I mean, that's obvious. And I want to see how this knee holds up. I mean, of course, he's defending this week. Next week, he's defending as well at the PGA Championship. And if his if his knee's not really up to par, I gosh, I don't know what he's going to look like these next couple weeks. It's just... You would think that these reps are, are going to wear on it. Um, I know Harding Park next week is not the not the crazy, hilliest course in the world, although 18T is pretty hilly. I know it was 14 for the match play. I don't know what, what how they're going to route it this year, but that tee box is super steep. But beyond that, it's a pretty flat course. So we'll see how Brooks does. Rory's another name to keep an eye out. I mean, there's a ton of them. John, John Rahm, how's he going to do his... Uh, First time number one player in the world. How does he play like that? How does he back it up? I think he's going to have no problems. He plays well in the biggest stages. I remember the last WGC. Uh, what did he make? Like 15. He was 15 under in a 32 hole stretch. Yeah, I remember talking to his caddy It was some of the best golf he had ever played in his career. Um, in the three plus years that Adam Hayes has caddied for John. Um, so yeah, John has no problem bringing his game to the biggest events and I expect him to play well this week, and yeah, so that's the PGA Tour, a lot going on there, but for this next guest, LPGA, of course, restarting at the drive-on, Brittany Lincecum, really relational, fun interview, of course, she had a lot of changes going on, she's got a youngster, a one-year-old daughter, Emery, and so we get into that. We get into the, what the restart's going to look like. Of course, the, the, these ladies are so used to hugging each other on the green when they're finished. And so it'll be different. She gets into that. Of course, she's a bomber. She's always been a long hitter on her tour. So she understands kind of Bryson's perspective in terms of being one of the strongest, longest hitters on, on their respective tour. So she delves a little bit into that psychology, what that's like against your peers um, and how you can kind of take on a course knowing you're one of the longest players out there. So a, a really a lot of good stuff, of course, plenty of practice tips. Um, she's just a really fun interview. She doesn't take herself too seriously. I, you are going to have a lot of fun with this. So Brittany Linsicum, my guest on Beyond the Clubhouse. This week, my guest is Brittany Linsicum. She's a two-time major champion. Brittany, good morning. How are you doing?
1: Good morning. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, I look at what you've done so far, obviously, a a decorated career. You've been out there uh, for about 15 years on the LPGA Tour. Um, Mm -hmm. When you look at the wins and losses over your career... You know, I know that Bernhard Langer had once told me that when you finish a round of golf, you get in the clubhouse and it's the ultimate game of woulda, coulda, shoulda. It's very (laughs) it's very easy to look at that. But for you, like how do you look back on on the wins and losses and and how would you encourage uh, weekend golfers to kind of look back on their rounds and and have the right perspective?
1: Yeah, I feel like each round teaches you something new, either about your game or yourself and how you handle a situation. So um, as much as we don't like the losses, you can always take away from them. And, um, you know, I remember bogeying the last hole to go into a playoff to lose to MD Park, <laughs> which was obviously traumatic and awful. But, you know, just being in contention, I hadn't been there in a long time, handling the nerves, playing with all the fans, watching. Um, it was just cool to be in that moment. So that's kind of what I take away. Just having the opportunity to be on the LPGA Tour, playing in a major, playing in a big event, Uh, and finishing second. I mean, that's incredible. You know, a lot of people don't uh, ever have that that chance. So, um, you know, I look at even the losses or the wins, you know, kind of all the same. And obviously, the wins are are very special. But um, the losses teach you a lot about yourself and your game and how to get better in the future and maybe don't make those same mistakes.
0: Well, interesting that you use the word teach about yourself. And and I think about your life right now and how much I'd imagine it's changed. uh, Having your Your youngster Emory, what has that taught you about life, and how rewarding is it to have her? And uh, I hear she just had a birthday recently.
1: She did. She turned one yesterday. I can't believe it. Like in my brain, she's still this teeny tiny little creamy baby um, that I felt like we just had yesterday. So uh, it's really crazy that she's already one years old, and we had this great party, just really friends and family uh, to celebrate her, and and she had a blast. But um, it's just it's just incredible, you know, when you now i've only got to play two tournaments since having her um but your perspective on the golf course is totally different you know if i have a bad day so what no big deal i get to go home to this beautiful little angel at home and uh still have her in my life forever so um i think that'll help you know in the future when we finally get to play tournaments again you know it's not life or death on on the golf course anymore like it used to be not that it was but in in your brain when you're out there it's life or death um so now you know if i have a bad shot or a bad hole it's not a big deal. I'm going to have some beautiful photos in my yardage book and I can you know, reflect on her and pull from her and um, just be like, you know what? Emery's at home waiting for you. It's, the world's going to be OK. You're going to get through this game of golf. And um, I think it'll actually make me calmer on the golf course and not as uh, like uptight and, and nervous and, and just putting so much pressure on myself. I think I'll be more free at playing and um, I'm really excited to see what the year has in store.
0: It's interesting on the LPGA tour, a lot of mothers out there. I know Brittany Lang, who you played uh, Solheim Cups with, and you went 2-0 in, in your last appearance with her. Uh, she was with you, I guess, right? When yeah. <laughs> when you were g- going to have uh, Emery. So wh- what is that like to have her near you at that point and, and just to have mothers on tour?
1: Oh my gosh. Britt and I have been friends since we were like 15 years old. She's always been in Texas and i was always, always been in Florida so we haven't been as close until obviously we came uh, on tour together um, but now you know all these years and we have babies within a couple months of each other it's really crazy how like the timing worked out and everything and, um, but yeah she was with me we were going to this awesome pro am that we love to go to in Rockford Illinois and I get there and I literally look at her and she's like, "Why are you looking at me like that?" Kind of look on my face. And I was like, "I don't feel good. I don't know what's happening." And we're like, "Oh, we'll just go take a nap. We'll have some water. Like it'll be fine. We're gonna have a great salad for dinner." We were planning all these things, and uh, she was pregnant at the time as well. So I think I really freaked her out when she uh, went to deliver Shea because I went eight weeks early. So poor thing. She's watching me, Um, but it's just so great. You know, we we talk on the phone almost every single day. um, just what's Emory doing, what's Shay doing, you know, um, just, just running ideas past each other and wh- what can we be doing as moms? It's just so great to have so many moms on tour, you know, Stacey Lewis, Dreena Pillar, all these girls to get advice from. I'm glad they all went before us and they can give us some good advice.
0: Definitely. Well, and I know that for, for you guys on, the, on LBJ tour, one thing I've noticed every time you finish around hugs are so common. It just happens all mm. the time. It's just part of the fabric of of the tour, uh-huh. right? And I, I would imagine when you get back to Toledo at this next event, July 31st, we're, we're not going to really see that. I mean, how is yeah. that going to feel, this knowing that you guys are so close and just having to deal with the reality of what we're in right now?
1: Yeah, we uh, had a Zoom meeting yesterday with the LPGA commissioner, and he even said, you know fist pumps are out like there's just kind of like air things gonna happen i guess for a while which i get you know obviously we want this uh coronavirus to go away i don't want to we don't want to be talking about it anymore so whatever we have to do to kind of help that we're going to totally do it we're going to wear our masks and when we go into the scoring tent or if we have to get on a shuttle we're going to wear our masks and uh, we're going to be as careful as we possibly can because obviously we're sitting on the pga tour it's inevitable. Somebody's going to get it, but I'm just hoping it's not me. Um, so yeah, it's going to be different for sure. And um, you know, I even saw in Toledo, we got like a fact sheet um, that there's going to be no signing autographs and I feel bad for all those little, little kids that are going to come out and want autographs. And I remember being a kid, you know, years ago getting, that was like my favorite thing to do at an event. So um, that's going to be a bummer, but um, I guess it's just a new time and it's, it's just what it is right now. And um Hopefully they'll come back next year and we can sign many, many autographs for them.
0: <laughs> I'm sure. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I think of the J.C. Penny classic, right? Like you had oh, spent yeah. some time in the yeah. past, right? I know as a 12 year old, you were the sign Oh group my gosh. Yeah. Group. What is yeah. that like? I, I love the camaraderie of the game and how it brings us all together, the friendships, right? Mm-hmm. So what was it like in your younger years growing up in Florida, being able to go to those events and meet some of these heroes?
1: Oh my gosh. I, that was like my favorite thing ever. I got to meet Tiger Woods when I was like 12 and um, I did the standard bearing for that event so many years that I got to know the guy who was in charge of the standard bears. So he let me pick which groups I wanted to go with. And I always picked John Daly and Laura Davies because I loved how far they hit the ball. And um, it was just so cool to be inside the ropes, to be around them. So uh, now when we see either fans that are kids, or if we have kids that are the standard bears in our group, I always, all of us are so great at, you know, going over and saying hi and thanking them for being there and signing autographs. But, um, I try to talk to them when I can walking down the fairway. Cause I remember me being, doing that when I was little and how cool it was. And, and when one of the you know touring pros came and talked to me when I was like 12, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. So, um, it's just so great that they're out there. I love seeing kids involved with the game of golf or even adults. Golf is just such a wonderful game that you can play until you're a hundred years old and, um, it, it's just, it's, there's so it open so many doors, uh, for so many different things. So it's so great. Hmm.
0: Any, any mentors that have uh, kind of come along the way since you've been on the LPGA tour and really have helped out for you?
1: Um, like guys that I played with.
0: Yeah. Just la- ladies on the LPGA tour or any that you, that you've looked up to over the years that have kind of been mentors you know, kind of oh, getting, yeah. getting you started on the tour.
1: Yeah. So my rookie year, um, I played with Julie Inkster and Pat Hurst, and they're obviously Julie's like Hall of Fame, like big time. And um, I played a practice round with them in Hawaii, and they were both so great. Um, Julie is still all rookies that come out; she's so welcoming. And do you need help? What can I do to help you? Because the tour is obviously very scary when you come out; you don't know what's what to expect, what's going to happen. And um, so we have this, you know big sister program now where we we can help the rookies that are coming out to make them feel more comfortable but uh, I remember Julie I always looked up to her obviously Annika she was so great for the game and just the shots that she could hit I always wanted to hit on the range next to those players because I was just in awe of they could hit a draw they could hit a fade they could hit a high they could could do all these things and I can only hit a draw so (laughs) it's just fun to watch.
0: Definitely. Um, well, I'm curious with the restart LPGA coming up at the end of July, how much of the PGA tour restart have you been able to watch? Uh, I, I know you've been busy with it with your kid, but uh, yeah, you seen much.
1: <laughs> Emery's been watching a little bit with me. It's just, I feel like if I'm watching it on TV, maybe like I'll, i it a little bit and I'll take it in. Cause those guys can hit such unbelievable shots. I got to do some commentating with Annika a couple weeks ago and just watching the shots that they can hit. It's just so impressive. Obviously, not a lot of people can hit it as far as they hit it. So just watching their iron shots, especially their chipping and putting around the green, it's really impressive to see uh, how much spin they can get and how they can work the ball. And it's, um, I've been watching as much as I can because I have nothing else really to do than to sit around with Emory. So we just sit around and watch golf.
0: <laughs> <laughs> In watching golf, what do you make of Bryson DeChambeau? Have you, have you been able to see what he's been doing recently?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. He's like inventing a whole new, you know, when Tiger Woods started working out and kind of that trend and then Annika working out and eating healthy and getting your body in shape and doing these things. And now what Bryson's doing with his clubs and his swing and uh, gaining all this weight and and working out, it's just really incredible. It just shows that there's so many different ways to play the game, body shapes and, and styles of how, you do it. So it's, especially with the juniors, I was telling, there's not one r- right way. Like Julie Inkster likes to hit balls for eight hours a day. Brittany hits balls for maybe 10 minutes a day. Um, so it's just, there's not one right way. There's not one right swing or way to teach a kid or an adult even how to play the game. So you just kind of find your niche and Bryson's killing it. He's doing so well. And uh, it's really cool to watch.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I'm curious from your perspective, being a longer hitter, you've, you've led your tour in distance. What kind of <laughs> Um, advantage, psychological, is it for that leader in distance, you having been there before, and now Bryson being there on his tour?
1: I think it's great. I mean, obviously, the guys are hitting at a a different level of far, Um, but, you know, my dad started me when I was younger. I I wish he would have started me maybe with the putter instead of the driver, but uh, my driver was my favorite club right from the beginning. I loved hitting the ball far. I grew up playing with my brothers, um, so I had to hit it far to keep up with them, but, um, you know, even if you drive it super far and you're in the rough, even if I'm in the rough, I still have a pitching wedge normally into the green. So it's it's a huge advantage. Um, You know, the other girls might have an eight iron or seven iron. So even if I'm in the rough, it's not a big deal, but um, I I think it's great. I mean, the golf courses, obviously you can make it shorter. It makes it easier. So um, I tell people now, if if fans or kids, you know, just hit it far and you can always dial it in later. But if you don't work on hitting it far or, or swinging hard when you're little, then, you don't really get that power. So, um, I'm all for swinging hard and, and then we'll figure out how to kind of bring it back into the golf course later.
0: <laughs> I hear yeah Um, so I'll, now I'm going go to go do some rapid fire questions here. Uh, oh boy. Favorite movie.
1: Oh, bride's names.
0: Hands down, huh?
1: <laughs> it's so funny. So silly.
0: Favorite movie character. Will Ferrell. Just any of his characters that he's played. Yeah.
1: Any of them. Because they're all silly. They normally have his shirt off and his belly hanging out, and he's just so funny.
0: Favorite TV or Netflix show?
1: Uh, um, Blacklist is my favorite show. Is that on Netflix? I can't ever remember what shows are where. Yeah, I
0: think. But
1: Blacklist is is my favorite.
0: How many shows during this break have you binge watched?
1: Well, Emery's kind of putting a damper in that. (laughs) So I met my husband years ago, and he was watching this TV show, Dexter. It's Super gross the guy kills a lot of people and it's super old show but um i had watched the whole series because i travel obviously to thailand singapore and we go overseas a lot so i just binge on on one of my trips but he hadn't seen the the season ending so we just watched from season one all the way through to i think season eight maybe um the other day but um that's the only thing we've been watching if not we're watching paw patrol
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's another good one how many (laughs) fishing trips have you been on during this break
1: Oh, gosh, probably one a week for however long we've been on this break. <laughs> Which doesn't seem like a lot, but once a week is, is pretty good because the weather obviously dictates uh, when you can go out, but we try to go out at least once a week.
0: And you got to get a babysitter in that time. And it's yeah, a little too young luckily road, my, parents
1: but... are, my parents are just down the road. So <laughs> the,
0: the most you spent as a fan when you were a kid going to JCPenney and these other events on merchandise at those events?
1: Oh God, probably, man, let's see. I normally get like a flag and I get a shirt, $100, $150. Stuff in the merchandise tent is not cheap.
0: (laughs) No, no, I'd be the first to tell you, I have to ask you this, lastly, for rapid fire. I spent $1,500 at the U.S. Open Pebble Beach 2010, because I'm from Northern California, Uh, you know, 10 years ago. Is that a bad investment? I mean, I had pullovers. I have hats that I wear today that bring up conversations with people at Starbucks. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is it, a, is it a mediocre investment? What would you rate that?
1: As long as you're wearing them and they're still good, that's totally fine.
0: Okay. <laughs> that helps. I mean, you know, I can at least uh, you know, justify you my wife, wife that, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good ammunition there. Um, <laughs> Well, let's get into the kind of a, a, the practice session of the interview here. When I think about pros like yourself and, and weekend hacks like myself and a lot of our, <laughs> my listeners here, what's the most relatable thing we can do as golfers? You know, things that you do, things that, that we also do. And for me, I, I always think it's the warm up, the pre round warm up on the range, in mm-hmm. um, the putting green, shipping. Um, for you, you've seen enough of us recreational golfers warm up what are we doing wrong? What do we need to improve on? (laughs)
1: There's normally no warm up. It's normally you're rolling in late. You throw your clubs on the cart. You kind of do some of these like twisty things and then you go to the tee. So um, I think, you know, warming up is a big part of it. Obviously we're all getting older. So um, your back isn't as loose. You're not as limber as we used to be. So uh, if you can have five minutes to go to the range, start with a wedge, start slow. Don't just grab the driver right away. Um, start slow, get a good kind of feel like a tempo for your swing for the day. Um, and start that way. And then obviously chipping a putting is just extra bonus if you have the time. But, um, I think just a lot of people, you know, try to go too fast, too quick right away. And then it messes up their, their, their swing is really quick for the day, especially mine. Um, so you start with some like 50 yard wedge shots and then kind of work your way up slowly from there. Even if it's five minutes, just start with a wedge though, and then kind of work your way up.
0: Well, it's interesting that you say. You know, obviously, get your tempo down. um, Mm -hmm. Get get to chipping and putting if you have time. What if we do have maybe twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, and we planned? You know, we left the office early enough to give us twenty five minutes. What would you kind of advise us to to spend the time on there?
1: Uh, It's kind of the same. I mean, I I definitely think hitting um, some shots just to loosen up your body is great. If you spend maybe a little extra time putting, Um, putting and chipping are the first things to go when you don't do it enough. So obviously people that have jobs and we don't get to play every day. Chipping is putting you know, hitting the ball, no problem, easy peasy. So um chipping and putting is the first thing to go. So I would definitely spend a little bit more time there. Um if you have time to work on your lag putts, that's obviously very important. And then those little five foot tap ins uh are always the the knee knockers for sure. So um so a few chips, a couple lag putts, a couple short putts, and then um, and then you'll I think you'll be ready.
0: Are there any particular drills that you would encourage us to work on when it comes to a short game or even, even with the big dog, with the driver?
1: Um, I don't really do too many drills. Um, putting, I, I kind of just work like a, if there's either a chalk line or maybe like a shaft you can put down to make sure your stroke is, you know, kind of straight back straight through kind of a motion or a little inside to inside. Um, I don't really do too many drill. I like when I'm on the range, I normally work on, like my wedge shots, my 50, 60, 70, 80, and kind of do those, either have towels out there or baskets, I love to hit like a basket. I love trying to hit something um, on the range, so I'll I'll put something out there. Uh, We have a bell on our range here, I always try to hit the bell. And then driver is just exhausting to hit too many of those, so I normally hit just three or five drivers, and then um, go do some putting, work on the lag putts, and then just do some short putts.
0: How long is your pre round routine there on the range and in the practice areas? And how have you arrived by, I guess, trial and error or just over your career to, to get to that point?
1: Yeah, it's only like probably 50 minutes or so. Um, I think I go to the range like an hour, but I feel like I talk for about 10 minutes. So it's probably only 50 minutes. I hit balls for probably 20 minutes and then chip and putt for like five minutes and then go putt for 20 minutes and then obviously use the restroom and then go to the tee. Uh, so it's probably about 50 minutes and it's the same pre-shot routine every single day. Whether I'm um, the morning before or after my round, I always hit my lob wedge, my pitching wedge, my 7 iron, my 5 iron, my woods, hybrids, and then driver. <laughs> every time. The 9 iron doesn't get hit, the 8 iron, 6 iron, they don't even have marks on them.
0: <laughs> is is it just kind of like you just want a 6-year routine? It's kind of a psychological thing or I just don't like those other clubs.
1: The <laughs> pitching wedge, the 7, 5, those are like my favorites.
0: <laughs> Stick to what you love, right?
1: Yeah, it might be a superstition. I don't know.
0: How how do we want to feel as weekend hacks when we head to the tee? You know, whether we've had the five minutes to work out, twenty five minutes. Like, wh- mm-hmm. what is the right mindset we want to have?
1: I mean, just go. You go with an open mind. You know, you see, we see a lot of like pro am people, and they're super nervous. I'm sure to play in front of a pro golfer, which honestly, we don't care. We, we just want you to have a good time. The name of the game is having a fun, having fun that day. Um, so just go out and have fun. You know, a lot of, I feel like amateur golfers, um, they put too much pressure on themselves. They want to hit that great shot and they get really upset when they don't hit that great shot. But if you only play once or twice a week, you really can't have that expectation that you're going to go, you know, shoot 65, you know, so you're going to make bad shots. So when you make those bad shots, just try to eliminate like the next bad shot. So don't, dwell on it and then then make an eight on the hole like try to get it back in play and try to make the fewest amount of strokes on that hole so um just ease up on yourself a little bit I feel like they they always put too much pressure on themselves
0: well to, to your point about putting too much pressure I, I know for me as a recreational golfer I'm sure a lot of the listeners out there when we go play a brand new course that we've never played somebody invited us to their country club we have no idea where the trouble is or how to manage it <laughs> we've never you know pulled the shots off before there How should we work that out in our, in our range time before we get there?
1: I actually feel like that makes it a lot easier. If I go to a golf course that I've never seen before and I don't know where the trouble is, then in my head, I'm like, okay, don't hit it right here because there's water over there. When you say that in your head, you're going to hit it right. You're going to hit it in the water. (laughs) Um, So I feel like that works as an advantage for you. So um, it's like me going to the U S open a month before to play a practice round to get a feel for the golf course. Like I don't do that because I don't want to put extra pressure on myself. I just try to t- treat it as a, a normal LPGA, just the Toledo, Ohio. I try to t- play the majors as just regular events. So when you're on the range, just kind of work on your tempo, work on your swing a little bit. Uh, if you feel like you're doing something wrong, you can try to fix it. But um, for the most part, just you got to play with what you got. That's, that's, part of it don't try to change it on the golf swing or on the golf course because that's going to make it go even more sideways
0: <laughs> right well I, when I look at the list of some of the, the celebrities you've played with over the years Darren Williams Larry the Cable Guy Alfonso Ribeiro <laughs> Case Keenum Grant Hill, Ray Allen Marcus Allen Tim Wakefield uh, the list goes on um <laughs> have you noticed anything with their pre-round routines or or anything just about their game their swings that stick out to you
1: Um, a lot of them are like range rats. They love going to hit golf balls for hours. And it's really crazy. Like, um, just watching them do that, because like I said, I'm not a big range person. So, um, it's really fascinating to like watch them want to go work on that. A lot of them are retired. Um, like Tim Wakefield, he he loves going to the range and loves playing golf and, and really works on his game a lot, which is great. I mean, obviously it's a lot of free time. He can do that. Um, but it's, it's really interesting to see like how much they love the game of golf and how, um, they just want to go try to fix it. They want to go work on it and they want to hit balls after balls, after balls, trying to figure it out. And, um, it's just really cool.
0: Tell us the story. When, when I mentioned Larry, the cable guy, uh, <laughs> I think it was at diamond resorts. Wasn't it the pro-am where you guys were yeah. joshing each other during your back oh. swings? you know, tell give us an idea of what happened there with Larry.
1: Oh gosh. I can't remember if it was this year or last year. I got to play with him and uh, was it Willie Robinson from Duck Dynasty? Um, I played with them the first day on Thursday, and my stomach hurts so bad with Larry or even Willie. I mean, they're both so funny, but um, Larry just has so many jokes, and they're just so funny every time. So I'm literally trying to hit golf balls, and my stomach is hurt. I'm playing in a tournament, obviously, um, trying to focus, trying to do well, but. There's no focusing when you're playing with those guys. Um, And then they requested to play with me again on Friday. So I got to play with them two days in a row, which is so fun. I mean, Diamond Resorts is just a a wonderful event. It's the first event of the season. We're all just kind of getting back into game mode. And and just the event is just so much fun for spectators to come out and to to see these guys. And obviously, we don't get to see celebrities like that um, ever. So just to hang out with them is really cool. But I mean, Larry has so many jokes and my stomach is hurting and I'm trying to focus, but I can't and I'm laughing while I'm trying to hit. And... Oh, it's just so funny. (laughs) He's so, he's not bad, but he's, he's not good.
0: (laughs) At the game, huh?
1: Oh yeah, no. He works on his game all the time, but, um, he, he's not very good.
0: All right, well, (laughs) um... What about Alfonso Ribeiro? I know you played with him in the past. Like, what, what what is it like inside the ropes? he got so much energy. What, yeah. What's, how animated does he get out there?
1: Oh, he's equally as funny as Larry. Um, he's actually a really, really good golfer. He has a great swing and obviously gets to play a lot. And I was really impressed when I got to play with him this year. And um, I, I was taken back. I wasn't expecting him to be that good. And he gets really frustrated when he's not playing well, which is really funny. Um, I think they all have side bets, too, so I'm sure they're losing, winning money and and trying to play well. But, um, yeah, he was really good, really great, and um, a really good golf swing, which I was kind of shocked at.
0: What do you remember about playing with Case Keenum?
1: He was great as well. I I didn't know too much about him until um, I got to play with him this year, and um, obviously I had to Google him a little bit to to make sure I knew (laughs) knew what to talk about. Um, But he was great. He's super laid back. Um, just enjoyed you know being out there on the golf course he actually offered for me to stay in his house uh, when we go to the open which was so nice I mean literally just had met the guy um, super nice guy but um, he was a real pleasure to play with for sure he had a great great game as well which is awesome
0: yeah um, anything stand out about playing with Darren Williams basketball player
1: um, again he's so tall though like I don't understand how some of those tall guys I mean their clubs are like inches longer obviously but um it's just so cool to watch their swings because it's so like long and some arms are so long and um it's just it's just fun to see different sports and different comedians or different athletes you know playing the game and they all have one goal and they want to play well and uh, it's really awesome
0: (laughs) well I I mentioned all these celebrities but when you look back at all the people you've met because of golf, what are a couple of the more rewarding relationships that that really stand out from the game?
1: Oh, I mean, I, I've met a lot of my sponsors through the game. I just playing in pro-ams or um, just going to different events. You just meeting, you never know who you're gonna meet or play golf with or that's what's so great about the game. It brings so many different people together um, for whatever the cause is, whether it's raising money for charity or playing an LPG pro-am or whatever it may be. But um, I've built so many wonderful relationships through the game of golf and uh, I just feel so lucky to, to be out there on tour and to get to do what we do but um yeah it's the golf there's no there's it's endless of how, who you can meet and when you're going to meet somebody and um it's just so cool how it brings everyone together
0: definitely well and one of the relationships that really kind of got you going in golf was your dad Tom um at <laughs> age nine getting you in junior golf and you yep. win a major and you win these events and you're able to give back to him after all his time. how how that feel for you?
1: Oh my gosh. It's so great. You know, um, years ago when I was in sixth grade, we decided I was going to do homeschooling because my dad you know, saw that I had a talent and I was, I was starting to play more golf and I just needed to, to be able to play more golf and do a schooling obviously on, as well. So, um, homeschooling was the best option for me. So we started that in sixth grade and all the way through high school and, um, you know, I'm, provided you know that I could play more and practice more and we moved houses like four different times just so I could play golf for different schools or for different reasons but uh, my parents obviously have sacrificed so much to get me where I am today and I wouldn't be here without them and then their sacrifices so um and golf is so expensive I mean they literally um or Preschool teachers. I mean, they we don't we didn't come from money. We didn't have money, and um, so it's just so cool just to to see different stories of of how people get where they get. And uh, it was truly because of my parents and what they sacrificed for me for sure. So now to be uh, you know on the LPGA and, and to to have the success that I've had and to be able to give back to them, um, it makes me so happy to be able to help them.
0: Oh gosh, I, I can only imagine that how fulfilling. That's got to be um, eight yeah. wins in in your LPGA to your career. Here you are. Is there a win that would that you're just really looking for right now? A certain event in the women's game that's just like, wow, I, I would love to win that title.
1: I would love to win the U.S. Open. I think that would be the coolest thing to win that event and to have that uh, beautiful trophy in my house one day. But it's so hard to like, pick an event and say, God, I really want to win that event someday. Cause then you put more pressure on yourself and that event only comes around once a year. Um, so it's just, every time you don't win it, it's like, gosh, another year and I've got to wait another year. But, um, that's definitely on my bucket list of things to do is to win the U S open and, um, even smaller I would love to win any event and have Emery there with me I think to have her run out to the green and give me a hug literally would be the think I would retire after that it'd be the coolest feeling ever
0: (laughs) well one of the events you've loved over the years you've been on six Solheim Cup teams Mm -hmm. in the past Um, now with the Ryder Cup announcement it's going to be the same year as the Solheim Cup what is that going to be like for you as a player and then also a fan of the game to know later that month you can watch the Ryder Cup
1: Oh, gosh. I think if if a fan has never been to a Solheim Cup or a Ryder Cup, obviously the Solheim Cup's better. No. Um, it's just <laughs> electrifying. It's just the coolest thing. If you've never been to any uh, pro golf tournament, I would highly recommend going just because it's not like your typical, you know, normal golf tournament. Where you have to be quiet and it's very like stuffy and, and uncomfortable. You know, the, the Solheim Cups, Ryder Cups. Um, the face paint, the hair ribbons and the clothes you can wear. And you can be loud and cheer. The louder you cheer, the better. We love that. Um, So it's just so much fun. I mean, to, to be able to wear the red, white and blue colors and to come together with 11 teammates and your captain and, Um, you know, that three footer that you missed now is not just, okay, money in my pocket. It's now representing my country and all the fans that are watching. I mean, it's just a whole different pressure. And, um, it's just, it's just so cool. I I, I was bummed to miss the last one. I would love to be on the team at Inverness, um, in Ohio. I mean, that would be so cool because that golf course is so small. And I think the the fans and the energy is going to be so loud and it's just, gosh, I just don't want to miss another one. It's just so much fun.
0: I'm um, sure. Well, wrapping up here last two questions, um the camaraderie and the closeness of the player Caddy relationship. I know Missy okay. you've had on the bags for, for many years. Long time. <laughs> what is that like with with her? How, how how special is that?
1: I literally couldn't do it without her and if I would have met Missy um my rookie year, I think we would still be together now because she's just so great for my game and um it, just having the caddy to be able to calm you down or to talk you through a shot. She tried to play professionally for a year and just couldn't make it. Um, But just to have her there, if I'm in the trees or if I have a tough chip shot and just to be able to bounce ideas off of somebody and um, just to have our relationship that we have. She knows that if I have a bad shot, I'm gonna need to vent and I'm probably gonna yell at her for a minute and then two seconds later, we're gonna be best friends again. So she's just so great at knowing me and and letting me kind of do my thing but then reeling me back in if I get too far gone or too far upset. And, um, she just, I literally couldn't do it without her. She's, she's what helps me, you know, stick together and get through the round for sure.
0: And lastly, what's the most emotion you felt on a golf course? You know, it doesn't have to be a win. It doesn't have to be a specific moment, but but where have you felt the most overwhelmed by your emotions?
1: Um, I mean, I, probably all of them or any any week I get so nervous even if it's Toledo Ohio in a few weeks like I get so nervous at every event but um I do remember um the first major that I won uh, the Craft Nabisco uh, I had like a four footer and it felt like it was 20 feet at the time to make to to win to make an eagle to win the event uh and I was literally my caddy was different caddy at, at the time, uh, another female caddy, but was handing me water, trying to get me just to slow down my heart. I felt like I was going to have a heart attack. My heart was racing so fast and just trying to like calm myself down. I get, I get so nervous on the golf course, which is so funny. Um, but just trying to calm myself to to calm my hand, I was shaking so bad to like make this putt. Um, that was probably the coolest feeling ever though.
0: Oh man, that's, that is <laughs> awesome. Brittany, really fun getting to know you here on, on the pod. And I appreciate you taking some time and and, and chatting for a bit.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Garrett. Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right. That's Brittany Linsicum. Really enjoyed her interview there. Uh, I thought she was fun. I thought she was lighthearted, uh, very relational, very easy to get along with, as you could tell. A lot of fun rapid fire questions too. And I just like that background, you know, being a, a standard bear in, in Florida as a young kid before high school really getting into the game that way and and seeing the pros up close always always volunteering with the long hitters group (laughs) you know laura davies and john daly i mean what an opportunity for her so great to hear more about her story and of course her tips for us as amateurs as weekend hackers like what we could be doing to improve i thought she was very helpful with what she had and um hope you enjoyed that one i think I think it's always fun to have a, a subject on who's who's light and and easy to get, easy to get along with and relational like like she was. So anyway, that was our episode for this week. So much going on, of course. These restarts for the ladies' tour for Brittany and and her peers, and and of course the uh, PGA Tour champions as well. So we'll have that to keep an eye on. In addition to our LPGA Tour coverage, uh, keep keeping an eye on the WGC and how that how that's going to unfold this week. Uh, the week before a major, so that is the show for this week and look forward to tweeting a little bit more with you. I will get back to those questions. I promise. I'll make sure that we get back to asking you questions and letting you guys know when I have a guest on, you know, if I'm going to have a guest on that night or, or, or what's up, give you a little lead in so you can get me some questions and, uh, always enjoy the questions I do get from you. So, A busy week for all tours as everybody gets into play. But, again, thanks for joining me on this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.